Good afternoon, everyone. I was, um, I was just sitting there uh, thinking um, we are um, about to uh, look at um, who is Jesus, and I, I was feeling a weight of things. Why? Um, often, uh, individuals can say, churches, why do we keep coming back to looking at who Jesus is? Um, we should know. Um, why do we do it? Who is Jesus is the most central message of the church, I think, of history. Why is it important? Because Jesus said it is important. He said it is so important, as I mentioned before, he said it was a matter of life and death. There are huge blessings and benefits from being a Christian and knowing Jesus. Loads. Just ask anyone who knows Jesus, who's been walking with the Lord for a while. But Jesus said, the way that you relate to me, if you believe in me and reject me, is fundamentally important. It leads to heaven, relationship with God, or it leads to hell, a relationship outside of God. So who is Jesus? It's not just key for us here now. It's key for everyone outside in Muswell Hill the individuals walking across now, the cars going past. Who is Jesus? It's absolutely central. It's why we looked at, first of all, Jesus being the king who reigns, the king of kings. He is the king. We looked at Jesus being fully divine, God, but also fully man. Jesus is humanity. As Christians, we often do this. We look at Jesus' divinity, which is really, really key, but we forget how important it is, it was the God-man who died on the cross for us. Last week, we looked at the lamb, Jesus being the perfect sacrificial lamb. Today, briefly, we're going to look at Jesus, this. The Lord Jesus Christ, he is, the Bible says right now, or he says, God says, that he is resurrected and he is reigning. He is the resurrected Lord, but Jesus right now at God's right-hand side, he sits on the throne as eternal king. Jesus reigns. That's why we sing the Lord reigns. So what we're going to do, we're going to look at an historical fact, first of all, of the Lord Jesus Christ who reigns, but he's resurrected. So let's turn in our Bibles to Mark chapter 16, why I read. So Mark chapter 16, verses 1. I'll read from 1 to 8. Let me read. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Madeline, Mary the mother of James, and Simon brought spices so that they might, might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early in the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on the way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which is very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be afraid, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. 
See the place where they laid him, but go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, a woman went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. The resurrection. See, for years and years and years, there's been so much written and controversy around the resurrection. The question, what drives it, is this. Is the resurrection true? Jesus, crucified, dead, proven, but did he rise? Can we believe and trust in uh, the resurrection, uh, resurrection story? Did he rise from the dead? See, the resurrection is a, a, a big question. We have looked at Jesus being the king of kings. Uh, Jesus being one of us, Jesus being the lamb. And if he is resurrected, then it vindicates everything that Jesus said about himself. It vindicates him that he is Lord, that he is the lamb, that he is a God-man. See, if it's not true, then all of us are just wasting our time. Why are we here? We can just go home and spend our Sunday night doing something else. We are just wasting our time. See, Jesus could have been just another individual, a Jew, who made big claims for himself in the first century. There's an individual I really, really like. He's a preacher called Timothy Keller. He said these words, and he's Keller's words. It's strange that in the years before and after Jesus' life and death, there were other messianic movements in Israel. The strong evidence for individuals who called themselves God's Messiah, who said, I am the anointed one, who called individuals to follow him as a prophet, as a son. However, back in the first century, in almost every case, when the leader of these messianic movements were killed, the movement collapsed. Everyone went home. It was finished. However, of all the dozens of movements in Israel in the first century, only one of them didn't collapse when this leader was killed. Not did it not only collapse, but over 300 years, it exploded through the Roman Empire. What was that movement? It was Christianity, of course. But do you know, he says, what made the difference? It was the resurrection. See, Jesus died at Keller's saying, like all the other leaders of the messianic movements. They died like Jesus. But only one leader of the messianic movement, he rose. He lived, and that was uh, Jesus Christ, only the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the resurrection, it wasn't just this. It wasn't just a, a nice story to help Christians so they, they, can, they can live better, comfort. My children growing up, some of them had a, do you know, like a comfort blanket, 
you hug it, and it makes you feel safe. That wasn't the resurrection story. It wasn't like mass hallucination. If you read the Bible and track it, people saw Jesus at different times and at different locations. And if you think about uh, the Jewish leaders at that time, the story of a, a risen Messiah, it was trouble. It was the last thing that they would ever want to hear. What do you do? If you want to crush it, you produce a body. It would have put a stop to it. And it wasn't a host or a plot by the Christians, surely, because I would have done this if I was a disciple. I would have put a stop, um, a stop to it long before they started lopping off the heads of Christians and driving nails for their hands. Okay, boys, do you know the plot? It was good when it started, but now, that's it, been it. See, the resurrection story is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. See, it's, and it's a historical account, but not a religious one. Of course, a resurrection, it has this, it has religious implications to it, but it's the, it's the historical account of Jesus, what nails it. If Jesus historically didn't rise from the dead, then there is no Christian message. The Apostle Paul says this about Christians. If it's not true, he says, you Christians, guess what? You are to be pitied more than men. You are to be absolutely pitied. See, the other side of the coin is this. If Jesus did rise from the dead, is that every individual here around us, our family members, our friends, people who we work with, are called to make a decision. Jesus said this, doesn't he? We looked at it first of all. He said, I'm the king, the king of kings. If a king rules, he reigns. He has subjects. He has individuals within his kingdom, those who want to follow the king. And he has other individuals who want to overthrow the king, who are in rebellion to the king. Treason. And we looked at the consequences of treason is death. Jesus says, I'm king. I reign. See, if it's true, and there is strong evidence that it is true, it's this extraordinary fact that we need to listen to what Jesus is saying if he's king, he's a king. And it means that individuals, guess what? You, you can't just sit on the fence. You can't take the middle ground, the safe ground, the easy ground. You can't. You have to make a decision. Yes, guess what? I believe in, in Jesus. I believe that he did rise from the dead. I believe that Jesus is the king. Sorry, no. I don't believe in Jesus' kingship. I don't believe in the resurrection. I reject the king. I reject the king. See, if the resurrection is true and it looks pretty convincing, you have to make a 
decision. You can't sit in the fence. After Jesus rose, he spent 40 days teaching his disciples, commissioning them, sending them out to tell individuals about the kingdom, the kingdom of God, the God who reigns, the God who is king. He sent them out telling them the kingdom is here. After that, is that Jesus done this. He ascended. Let me read, turn on our Bibles to Acts chapter 1, verses 6 to 11. Let me read. Then they gathered round him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the time or dates the Father is set by his own authority, but you will see power when the Holy Spirit comes to you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. See, the ascension of Jesus is, is all about God doing this, enthroning him. He's a king. It's all about God giving Jesus authority to, to reign, to be judged, to save, to one day like him, for all those who love the Lord Jesus Christ, to experience their own bodily resurrection. See, if you are here tonight and you are a sinner who is in a rebellion to God, you know you're not on God's side, then Jesus Christ reigning as king is such good news. The Lord Jesus Christ reigning in king as king is good news. The king who sits on the throne of the universe brings good news. Why? Because the gospel message is this. Jesus offers shelter in him. Jesus offers out the hand of mercy and grace. That's why when I started and I said, I felt the weight of this message sitting over there, because who is Jesus? It's the central message of the church and of the world. Who is Jesus? Jesus has authority in heaven and earth. So if it's true, what do we do? The Bible says this, doesn't it? To repent and believe. To turn away from a life outside of God and to believe by faith. I love these words in the Bible. Let me read them, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, 
shall not perish, but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. No. But he sent his son into the world, what we know, don't we, to save the world. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is he? He is the one who saves. See, what we need more than in anything is good news. The verdict that we are right with God. See, the reason why the Lord Jesus came was to stand in our place, to take our shame, to take our guilt. Because of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are united to him. Imagine it right now for those who know Jesus Christ. His trophy cabinet becomes our trophy cabinet. He's obedient. First, win his medals. Become your medals. Christians, you are placid right now as you stand here profoundly in all of Jesus Christ's medals. His glorification becomes your glorification. His perfect, obedient life has won you love of the Father. His perfect footsteps has become our footsteps. See, we're looking at Jesus because of his footsteps are not for everyone. They're not. They are those for those individuals who see Jesus. Who is he? Love him. Repent and know him. God is, God is under no obligation to save everyone. He's not. But guess what? God is so loving and kind. Remember what he said? He sent. He loved. He saves. See, the Lord Jesus Christ, he reigns. Why over the four-week period, as we looked at, as we looked at Jesus being the king, why have we looked at him being fully man, why have we looked at him being the lamb? Why have we looked at tonight and being resurrected? And he reigns. Because it's fundamentally important. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're not sure where you sit, the Christian message is interesting. I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. Speak to Mark, the leadership of his church, or any individual and ask them about the king who reigns. Jesus is so glorious, so precious, and so rewardingly, lovingly fulfilling that it's nothing, known, nothing like knowing him. And guess what? As Christians, as I, as I finish, we have looked at who is Jesus. And in that demand when we can't sit in the fence, Praise God, because of his grace, we have hopped this side of the fence. Salvation, new birth, grace. 
But there is an obligation on us, guess what? To share Jesus. To let him be known in our conduct. The way that we live our lives. Sacrificial, humble service. A passion for justice. Being a defender of the weak. A voice for the voiceless. But also through our words. Through our proclamation. Through sharing the word of God. Who is Jesus? He is glorious. Let me pray. Uh, Father God, we praise you and thank you that you have given us the King, that you give us Jesus, who fully man and fully divine, that you give us the Lamb, and you give Jesus, who is resurrected and reigning right now. And Father, help us to not depart from here tonight with um, knowing that we have heard, not from me, but from you, the glorious God who has given us Jesus. And Father, we pray that we would grow in him and love him and share him. Amen. Mm-hmm.